Welcome into this episode of Show Your Scars with Jordan Angeli, a look inside the journey back from a devastating injury. We may not choose for this to happen to us, but we appreciate who we've become in the process. Now let's dive into this week's episode as we share our strength and show our scars with pride. Hey everybody, I hope you all are doing well and ready and excited for a new Show Your Scars podcast. Today is Thursday, and yes, Thursdays are not always interview day, but I thought I would share this interview with you. It was actually just a conversation. I reached out to a friend of mine who just recently tore her ACL, and a lot of it felt really real and uh, close to home for me. Joanna Lohman played in about... 17 minutes of her first NWSL game in the 2017 season before tearing her ACL and my last ACL I tore it in the first game of my um, season with the Boston Breakers and just the feelings that she talks about working so hard in the offseason to get back to something that you love and you feel fit more you know more prepared and ready and almost that you've earned the spot and then it can be taken away from you so quickly those feelings that she talks about are so real to me and I think that we connect on a lot of different levels here but in the grand scheme of things what we're connecting on is this overall injury recovery process and Joanna is so new to it it's just happening right now we catch her about five days post-surgery And I think it's really interesting how she is handling everything. We talk about everything from how she felt the moment it happened, pushing through pain, um, having injuries or little things happening in her body before she got injured that now looking back, was that something she should have taken more seriously or was that just something we always push through because we're athletes and, you know, it kind of ended up being the perfect storm that she tore ACL on that day and just a couple weeks ago in April. But I really liked this conversation. And if you don't know Joanna Lohman, she is a longtime professional women's soccer player. She's played in WPS in NWSL now, was drafted into WUSA, but the league folded the year that she was drafted. So her journey has been a lot of perseverance to say the least and I think that has helped her kind of express a little bit more about who she is and how she deals with ups and downs of not only the career but life and now this injury. I thought it was interesting um, just how Joe has handled everything so far. Right after she found out what happened she uh, wrote on Twitter to my fans, friends, and spirit family. It is with an incredible amount of sadness that I inform you I tore my ACL. This team and everyone involved helps me in ways I can never fully express, so I'm most disappointed that I won't be able to help our mission on the field. My heart is shattered, but I know each of you will help me by picking up one of the pieces and putting it back in its rightful place. And because of you, I will be whole again so very soon. That's the way that Joanna looks at this process, that she looks at the people around her and the following, um, I don't know, 30 tweets on her Twitter profile are encouraging messages and gifts that people have given her and uh, just a lot of 
other athletes reaching out and it's really cool to see the outpouring of um, love from the soccer community and beyond really but I, I like I just recently retweeted just a couple minutes ago Joanna got a, pre- a present from Diana Matheson a book and a card and I retweeted it because I thought it was so perfect it's they've created their own little mini ACL club and I talk about that a lot but the card says I love being angry about sports with you and the book title is resilience and you know either one of those you know how much that is so very true and I think I could talk about and give you a background about Joanna Lohman for a long time you got to follow her on Twitter as she goes through this journey um, at Joanna Lohman because she shares a lot of it I think that our conversation should speak to you, and I hope that in the future we get to kind of talk a little bit back and forth with Joe and see how her recovery process is going and get into those moments that aren't really recorded often but can be so meaningful to share with others. Here she is, Joanna Lohman, fresh out of surgery and just as positive and... um, has a great outlook and I think you guys will really enjoy it. Jordan. Hey Joe. Hey, what's up? Nothing. How are you? Oh my God. I was like sitting on the couch falling asleep. It's amazing how tired I get from doing nothing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I always thought that too. And I'm like, well, Okay, well, maybe my maybe my body is just working overtime, so maybe that's why I'm tired. It's just trying to heal. heal yeah, heal. no, honestly, it's like such a process to do anything. So yeah, and today was like my first real day of PT. Oh, good. And how, how did it go? Yeah, you you know that life. Yeah. Um, it's good. It's just you know I've never had any injury, so I don't really know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've never I don't know had a part of my body where like it it won't do what I really want it to do. Um. And then all the swelling and the inflammation, like, it's just weird. It just feels weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it feels very foreign, like, like it's not a part yeah. of your body. Yeah. And I don't have, like, all my feeling back yet in that area. So it's, like, almost like a snake skin. Yeah. It's just, like, molt. Get rid of it. <laughs> just shed the blood. <laughs> just shed one layer. Yeah. Um, did you did you end up getting a patella? What what kind of graft did you get? Yeah, I did. Okay, good. I think that's really good and strong. I mean, I I only had cadaver and patella, and for me, I noticed a huge difference. Just my knee feels really? so much better with the patella. So I think you'll be happy with that once you get back to the point where you can actually feel it. <laughs> what um what made you do the cadaver? That's just what at Santa Clara with the doctors that we went with, that's what they decided they were doing and um wow. unfortunately the way it worked out there were way too many of us that ended up doing it twice in a year and I think it just for Whoa. me it was a really big eye opener to and hopefully to the surgeons now, you know, I haven't gone back and checked back in with those surgeons, but you know, the, the number of double ACL athletes at Santa Clara is pretty astonishing. And I, you know, for me, it's one, it's graft choice and it's also placement. So are they, are they addressing those kind of things and making sure that, 
you know, they're treating all these patients properly because that's really hard. My, my career was significantly changed because, um, wow. Yeah. So you've done it a total three times. Yeah. So you did it twice in that year at college. Uh Uh-huh. And then that one time, then my second year with in WPS, my first game, um, against Atlanta, I did it again. How many years in between there? Uh, three, uh, three and a half. No, wait. Okay. Four. Uh, gosh, this is awful. I have to think about that. It was 2011. My last one was in 2008. Yeah. So four, four years. So in 2011, you, which knee was it? Left or right? They all were my left. Oh my God. And you did it twice in the same year. Mm -hmm. It was miserable. Good Lord. Yeah. So, you know, one of the big reasons that I do what I do is because I want to help people just kind of understand the process more. Like you said, like I've never injured my knee. And when I did it, I'd never had injured my knee either. And I felt like a lot lot of things were kind of just, you have to trust so much in this process, which I think is really difficult for us because, and I don't know if this is an athlete's mentality or if this is just human nature, but we work so hard for something that we think we're in control of everything. Yep. And you get to this point where you get injured and you're like, I, you're telling me I have to trust this person, this person, this person, and this person to like yep. get me back to where I think I can be. It's really challenging. Yeah. So No, I a hundred percent. It's, you know, I've, for me, I've done more in the death of who I thought I was going to be this season. And that was really hard because, mm-hmm. You know, this was going to be hopefully a great season for me. I felt so good coming in. And it was the first time in probably four years where I felt like really secure with a starting spot. And I'm not one to get complacent with that type of position. It right. Was, Finally, God, like, <laughs> I feel really good that I don't have to fight tooth and nail for every little minute I'm going to get on the field. Like, maybe I'll mm-hmm. get the benefit of the doubt this season. And then, bam. Um, yeah. But you know what, like the way I kind of look at life is that it's one big adventure and you don't always get to choose what adventure you're on. Yeah. And didn't really choose this one, but man, it's one, one hell of an adventure I'm on. Yeah. And so, I mean, <laughs> so you're figuring true. out how to live normal life. You mm-hmm. Know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I saw the game just talk about yeah. um, what happened initially, like when you felt your knee and then what you had mentioned, I think in Twitter or something is you played on it for a few minutes, trying to see if you were okay. And then eventually you, you decided, okay, this is not right. Yes. Is this part of the podcast? Are we doing yeah. it right now? Yeah. I'm oh, recording cool. everything. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So yeah, in the 11th minute, a ball bounced into the middle and I thought to myself, I have to, I have to try to get that ball. And so I reached with my right leg and my right leg came down and then I, I haven't watched it back. So this is just from memory and what people don't, have told me. Yeah. Don't watch it. And then my left leg came down and it planted. Um, and before this game, I've been having like some issues with my hamstring and my hip and my glute. It just on kind of rotation the pain throughout. Yeah. On my left side. So, you know, it could have just been a freak accident. It could have been that normally, a muscle of mine would usually compensate and it didn't because it already had been mm-hmm. struggling. And it felt like my, i locked my leg into the ground and my hips kind of locked in and then my knee just buckled in. Mm-hmm. 
internally. Inside, never had knee injury. Yes, in, yeah. inside. Yeah. And then I then I went to the ground and I fell over, and I thought to myself, "Wow, that that really hurt." And I needed something weird that it's never done before. But you know, Gladiator Joe thought also too. Okay, this is the first game of the season. It's in the eleventh minute. There's no way I'm coming out of this game. Hmm. So I got to see if I can run through this and see if I can play. Maybe it's not as bad as I think. <laughs> what I just yeah. did. So I got up and I ran down the field and that was okay. I ran straight ahead and then something happened and my knee buckled again and I hit the floor and the referee saw me go down and she said, are you okay? And I probably said yes. And I got back up again and ran back down the field. I got the ball a few times. I connected a few passes and then um, I defended a corner, I remember, and then they got the ball after the corner, and I think I was defending, and I just, my knee buckled for a third time, and I knew at that point I, I couldn't stay on any longer just for the sake of my team. I was right. a complete liability, so that's when I knew I had to be taken out, but I didn't think, yet yeah, at that point, it had been my ACL. I just, I knew I did something bad. Yeah, I, and I so, think, I think as players, too, because I, that's, I mean, we're crazy just to think that we can play through something like that. Like we, we have this toughness factor that is beyond like comprehension, I think for Mm -hmm. non-athletes. But when you talk about that feeling and it's so foreign, it's such a foreign feeling and you don't know what it is exactly. But do you think in your gut, you thought like, oh crap, I hope I didn't tear my ACL. Yeah. 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 I, you know, that never popped into my brain, but I just thought I just did something strange to my knee. Yeah, something I knew it was d- my knee. definitely wrong. Yeah, and the most of the pain was in the back, the back of it. So, and I knew the ACL was, from what I understood, was either in the front or the inside. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. at first, I was like, okay, I think maybe I just tore my LCL or something. I, yeah. I never thought that I would have been able to play on an injury that would have kept me out for the entire season for six minutes. Isn't that, isn't that so bizarre? I just was talking to a a lacrosse player and he just told me, he was like, yeah, I just, I played with, uh, without an ACL for four months. And I'm like, what? Yeah. How, because you can, you can do it, but it's so. Yeah, you can. It's just, and at that point, right. When you get injured, you know, your body automatically reacts to it. So then swelling happens and then your muscles can't catch your, catch your movements. And so then your knee continues to do that, you know, buckling motion that you mentioned. But what's interesting to me and something that I actually, when I was just driving home, I was thinking about asking you about just how you were feeling that day and like um, overall in general, if your body was feeling okay. And it's, it's weird to me that you say that you were having this hamstring issue because I too, during my first ACL, right before my first ACL, I was dealing with this ongoing hamstring nerve kind of thing on my left leg. And I, I kept pushing through and playing and playing and playing. And I think that had a huge part to do with why I tore my ACL because my hamstring wasn't properly functioning. Yeah. I probably spent about a week where it would either be my hamstring or my glute and, you know, I would do whatever I could to make it feel better, but as a professional athlete, and for me personally, I don't ever want to sit out a session. Like, I'm just, mm-hmm. I love the game, and I love to play, and I take a lot of pride in being available to be chosen by the coach, and 
um, you know, playing my role on the team. And I've spent years and years and years of being healthy, knock on wood, that it never really crosses my mind. My first instinct is not, okay, let me rest this injury. Let me yeah. rest my hamstring. Let me rest my glute, especially in preseason. You know, my, my instinct is, that, okay, do whatever I can to get it better. Let's ice, let's stretch. Uh, let's do whatever recovery methods would be best for it. And then see how I feel tomorrow. And honestly, the day of the game, I, that was the best I had been feeling. Mm. Um, but also too, they talk a lot about like for women, if you're on your period, yeah. And I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but I had gotten my period that morning of the game. Okay. And so, you know, maybe like we talked about, it was the perfect storm or maybe all these things played into to it happening. Yeah. Um, and I think it's probably a little bit of both. And I think that's one of the most frustrating things about this yeah. injury is because there are so many factors in it. And I, um, during my first one, I mentioned the the hamstring I wasn't on my period I actually didn't I was like in the middle of my cycle so that was kind of non not an issue for me or not something that I really thought about but I did feel so weird that day and I can't explain Mm. the feeling that I felt I felt like my body was like foreign to me and I felt the same weirdness when I retore it and I I think I didn't start recognizing that until afterwards and um, then ongoing, if I felt like any of that, like strangeness or like, I knew that I shouldn't be training, I would not train. And that was a really hard thing for Mm. me, but I was like, okay, what's the alternative? Go out there and be like, okay, I felt weird. And like, I, I risked my, my body to, to go train one more time, but that's not like something that you can always predict or like you can't just not play during your period. Like we're professional athletes. This is our job and we have to figure out a way to, to perform. And um, it's just interesting, all the different factors that could potentially, you know, add up to this perfect storm. After you tore it in 2014, when you played with the spirit. Um, No, I tore um, it. I tore it in um, 11 with the breakers. Oh, with the breakers. Yeah, did yeah. Did you uh, attempt to keep playing, or did you think after that, okay? When I actually tore um, it in the game. Okay, so yeah, well, you tore it in 2011, and then you continued to play after that. Yeah, I played um, for the Spirit in 14, and then for Western New York Flash for, like, half a season in 15. Okay. Yeah, I did, but it was, it was different. It was just... Um, my recovery that last time, I just really took my time and kind of evaluated. Didn't even think I was going to play. And then you remember with yeah. uh, with NWSL, how weird it was with all of our names just got put into this draft. Yeah. And I got a call one day and I had no idea it was even happening. And they were like, oh, we drafted you to the spirit. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like, you think I can play? So then I started thinking about it and like pursuing it a little bit more. But um yeah, the the thing that it, it's just so hard for you probably too right now in this moment. Like you just had your first day of PT and you're like, gosh, I'm, like I have a long ways to go. I remember that feeling. Yeah. Um, did you, what did you guys do? Just kind of manage swelling and do a little bit of movement? Yeah, I think today was a little bit more challenging just because um, we got to push through a lot more pain because, you know, Pierre and a lot of the professional teams, athletic trainers, they're pretty aggressive in their therapy and in a good way to get you back out in the field. So, mm-hmm. 
again, it's kind of foreign to me. You know, I'm used to listening to my body. Um, I know I just went against that when I spoke about my hamstring and my glute pain, but you know, but you you're still listening. You're a lot of pain. Yeah, you were still listening. <laughs> you just were like overriding yeah. because that's what we do a lot. We override those feelings. Like, oh, we're all in preseason. We all hurt. Like, I gotta right. keep playing. So today, I actually got on a bike and couldn't go all the way around, but. I would go a little bit forward and a little bit backwards and it's it's not even that painful it's just the swelling and it's it's all just locked in there so mm-hmm. working on trying to get all of that out and um the extension and the range of motion and you know the trainer pushing on your leg yeah uh to see how far the angles that you can get and we talked about it's it's not much but god it's exhausting because it's you are pushing through pain and it's a, a lot of uncomfortable, it's very uncomfortable. Um, and then, you know, just moving from one exercise to another, I can't yet walk. So it's like either hopping or crutching or mm-hmm. he's helping me and definitely a very humbling experience because I think I've probably been the healthiest player on the spirit since I've met Pierre. Um, and now I'm probably the least healthiest. So um, we've gone from, you know, just being friends and um, seeing each other every day to now we'll be working together um mm-hmm. hour upon hour just to make me healthy yet again yeah and you'll find that that relationship is so key and so healing in your journey as well just having someone who is there helping you out that you can trust and talk to and you know in those moments I mean just think about today and all that you went through with him like he is there with you during the worst of the worst where you are like gripping the table with white knuckled mm-hmm. hands and then afterwards and you're sweating and you're, you know, from try- from pushing through all this pain and he's right there. And I think that sometimes those people don't get as much credit as they should because they, they are really spectacular in the amount of work that they help us get through. Yeah, I said, I, I think Peter today, I said, I'm going to be thanking you a lot in the next coming months because I know how much work he puts in and you know he just he has to tie my shoes at the end of the, at the session I don't he doesn't have to but he does and it's just like really sweet things like that that make my life a little bit easier that he's willing to do and you know I'll grab on his arm and he'll help me to walk and it's just it's an amazing relationship you can build with um, of trust and understanding um, someone that I've known for years but I've never had to have known him in this sense and so you know for me to have that relationship with Pierre and then also my surgeon who I trust. Um, I, I, I call him the hands of God and, um, and then my physical therapist that I also work with. So I'll be doing a couple of days where I'll be doing multiple sessions and I know it's going to be a long road, but once I look back, I'll be so proud of all the work that I put in and hopefully my leg looking normal again and not like a sausage. Yeah, it will. It will. It'll, (laughs) I mean, the days, it's just like anything in life, right? The days go slow, but then the time passes fast. And, Mm -hmm. um, I think your reaction to everything has been really inspiring to a lot of people, myself included, and just seeing how you have dealt with such a hard time in, you know, your career, you're feeling great. You're feeling a little bit like, all right, I, you know, I'm getting my shot and this to happen. And you're, you know, the way that you've reacted, what, what has inspired you to react that way? Or do you think that, that, you know, what causes that reaction? I think that I've been really lucky in my life that 
I'm in a position where a lot of people look up to me and a lot of people look towards me for inspiration and guidance. And that's because I've, I've tried to live as authentically and honestly as possible. So I've really shared how things have made me feel. And we always joke on my team that I feel a lot of feelings. And, you know, I'm not scared of that because I realize that the lows, you know, and the sadness, also brings about an amazing amount of happiness in my life. And there's been moments where I've been so incredibly happy. And that's not because I live in isolation, but it's because I'm surrounded by so much love. And last year, after we lost the championship and I didn't play, you know, I was very, I was very open with how I felt and how shattered I was and devastated, really, to have not played in the biggest game of my career. So that was really hard for me. And um, it was important for me to, to let people know that I wasn't okay, but I knew eventually I would be. And so in this situation too, is I, people know how much soccer in the game means to me and how much the team means to me. So for me to go down and to be the first game of the season, to be out the entire season, knowing how hard I've worked, it's nothing less than, than heartbreaking for me. But I think the more honest I am about those feelings and the more I'm able to share that and you know, I can I can be heartbroken, but I can I can still find moments in my days where I'm extremely happy, where I'm laughing, and it, it doesn't consume my life. I'm yeah. I'm able to realize that okay, this is a, a devastating experience for me, and it happened, but now I have a huge challenge in front of me, and I know that there's a lot of people that have gone through the same challenge, and people who will go through the exact same challenge who will look towards me for inspiration or to be a role model, and so not only am I doing it for myself, I'm doing it for all of them. Yeah. And I know I have so much support in the NWSL and my family and my friends and the amount of people who have reached out to me has just been completely overwhelming. So every morning I wake up, I realize, you know, I'm not just doing this for myself. I'm, I'm doing it for everyone that has, has reached out to me and given me a word of encouragement because I know they're behind me. And, um, you know, that's made, that's made me really feel like I have an army of, of supporters and, you know, it's, it's an incredible feeling. Yeah. I think that's so powerful, Joe. And that's something that I have shared with so many people is that you're going to feel all the feelings. Like you're going to have yeah. so many moments, a lot, you like throughout the process that you can't, you can't, um, hide them. You can't push them down or make them feel like, okay, I can't feel that. I can't feel that. Like yep. by allowing yourself to be in that moment of frustration or anger or fear or happiness and joy, you're really allowing yourself to heal fully in the whole process and learn what needs to be learned out of this. And I think what you just said is key and powerful and again, once again, inspiring to a lot of people. Thanks, Jordan. I really appreciate your support, too, knowing you've been through this and all the words of wisdom you've given me. It's been extremely helpful. Well, I'm I'm so happy to help because this is something that I obviously don't want ever to happen to anybody and trying hard to figure out ways that we can maybe minimize the risks of this happening. But at the same time, I want people to know that, you know, we play sports and we realize that in playing sports – there is a risk for injury and it could be a hamstring. It could be a broken foot. It could be a torn ACL and we can't avoid injury completely because there's risks in whatever you do. If you're really, if you're really living life, you're taking risks. Right. And, um, yeah, that we're here to help and make you feel like even if you 
are away from a team feeling right now that the whole ACL club is that team for you and that we're going to support you throughout the whole process. When did you start the ACL club? I started it in 2015. Um, I was in between seasons. I had just gotten traded to Western New York Flash. And Mm -hmm. I was really hesitant. You know, it was a tough, my first year in NWSL was tough and then kind of got traded to Flash unknown to me when I had kind of a deal that I was only going to go play somewhere else that had grass just because of my my knee and had kind of worked that out and then lo and behold next thing I know I'm going to flash so I was I was pretty um I was it was hard it was hard for me and I was at this point where I was like okay should I be playing soccer still should I what should I be doing like I feel like there's more to my journey and what I am I think I'm doing on the field And so I was honestly just juggling one day and I felt like it hit me like the ACL club, like you need to connect these people. You need to help these people through it. Yeah. Wow. And so I started it during that season and it's just slowly growing and um, just launched this podcast in February because it's something I had wanted to do for about a year and was really, really stinking scared of it because I knew it was a lot of work and um, you know, all the fears that you have, people thinking whatever they want to think about it. And finally, I was like, just think if you help one person, Jordan, like you're doing a good job. So um, right, got the guts to do it. And it's been really cool just to talk with people and hear how they get through certain aspects of it. And the feedback from others has been really great. So it's kind of the, the short, short bit of the story. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Well, I'm appreciative of you and the ACL club very much. Yeah. Well, thanks. Um, (laughs) One thing I've been thinking about is, you know, with, with the positive, like what seems like a positive reaction so far, you know, you talk about being heartbroken as well, but what in this first two weeks or really this week after surgery, you're, you're not quite a week out of surgery yet, but what has been, um, have you had a, a low, a, a really low moment where you've thought, oh my gosh, like, I don't know, this is going to take a really long time, that it's just been really tough for you to get through that moment? Uh, I think today was, was a hard moment for me because every day after surgery, I would make, um, I would progress somehow. Mm-hmm. And I would go, you know, I'd have two crutches and I'd really rely on two crutches. Now I can walk a little bit with two crutches. Um, I wasn't able to shower the first couple of days and I figured out how to, sh- how to shower. It was, you know, it was a lot of problem solving and be- being very resourceful and like hopping around my house and mm-hmm. using my upper body strength to yank myself up and, <laughs> you know, figure out how to, how to live life now with only one leg. And, you know, I think at first when a challenge is, when I approach a challenge, it's, you know, I'm very gung-ho about it. I'm like, all right, what can I do? And um, how can I still be as normal as possible with this one leg? And, you know, two days out of surgery, I was at the spirit game. And I think today was, was a hard day for me just because I drove to the Plex like a, a normal day. I saw yeah. the Plex and um, <clears throat> I saw my trainer like I normally would. And my leg just wasn't working how I wanted it to. And this was the first day of, I know, many, many, many days of similar to it. So, um, and again, even today, you know, I made progress. Yeah. Um, but I think it's it's easier sometimes to make progress when you're outside of of that soccer world because you're not 
I don't also have to deal with, okay, there's my locker. This is what I would have been doing at this exact spot right now at this time. And I was much more reminded of the life I would have had if I hadn't have gotten injured. Yeah. And I think that for me was the, was the hardest part and like seeing the coaches and my teammates and, you know, everyone's so great and they ask you how you're doing and you answer as best as you can, but, um, really, you know, you want to be playing soccer with them. So yeah. wow. how was that going to the game? Obviously I'm doing a lot of work in NWSL, got to talk to Estelle Johnson this week and your coach and just, I know you and Estelle are really good friends and she's talking, she talks about your, um, you know, just what you mean to them as a group and how, how much you impact them all. So of course, knowing you too, you want to be there for every single moment and help your team in whatever way you can. How hard was that on Saturday to be at the the game just in a different aspect? Or were you so focused on helping your team that you weren't able to really feel the emotions that maybe were coming up? I think the emotions were felt the game before that because that was the second game that I had missed. Okay. The game before that, even though I wasn't physically there, that was the one in Orlando on television. Mm. That was the first game I had missed in seven years. So, wow. yeah, that one hit me pretty hard, and it was on national television. It was on Lifetime, and, uh, you know, I would have been playing. And yeah. So that one was really difficult to to swallow just because I it just happened, and I could really – feel myself like missing being there with the team and then the game at the soccer flex after my surgery it was it wasn't as hard as I thought just because I was two days out of surgery so I'm like so concerned about all right getting getting myself into the stadium logistically how am I going to figure this out (laughs) when do I want to go into the locker room um and you know all the fans coming up to me it was just it was a a lot to handle Mm -hmm. it's almost like sensory overload for the first time but I think um, as the season goes on and I start to get a little bit more healthy, I think it'll actually be harder because I can picture myself more out on the field. Yeah. The other game the other night, you know, I was I was struggling so much with my leg and I was clearly you know, a little bit in pain and I couldn't even imagine being out in the field at that moment. And I yeah. wanted to do whatever I could to help my team. Um, and, you know, sitting in the stands was a, was a much different view of the, of the game than it was down on the field. So everything was just so foreign to me that I had almost had to relearn it. I think, like I just said, that later on in the season, as, you know, it's the 10th game that I've missed and or the 7th game I've missed and I'm starting to feel better and my leg's moving a bit better and I really, like, start to crave again being out on that field with my teammates. And I it'll really hurt my heart, I think, at that point in the yeah. season. Yeah. And that is so tough thinking about you sitting at your house, you know, watching, watching your team play on TV. And I think during this process, and you might already have felt this a little bit, but you kind of waver between this feeling of like, I want to like isolation and like, I need comfort of people around me in, in that moment when you're watching the game, are you, were you surrounded by, by friends? Like, did you have your roommate there with you or anybody that is close to you to watch the game with you and kind of just be there yeah that's such a I would say a, a very strong point that you just made that you do want people around you but for me it has to be going really comfortable with because yeah. it's so exhausting you know like doing the everyday things and moving and crutching everywhere that 
when you are with people, you want it to be very, very comfortable. I don't want to have to entertain anyone. And that's in my nature is like mm-hmm. to be an entertainer and to talk and to make jokes and to ask questions and make sure everyone's feeling comfortable. But for once in my life, like other people have to make sure I'm comfortable. So it's, I'm not used to that. And that's, that's, you know, 99% of people in my life, that's not their role for me. So I've really leaned a lot on my parents who have been here, my family, and then my best friend, Charlotte, who's my roommate, who is an extremely helpful. And then, you know, of course my teammates who get it as athletes, but beyond that, it's, it's hard because I'm, first of all, I'm very tired. And second of all, I just, I don't want to have to feel any sort of uncomfortable, like uncomfortable at all. Um, when I need to be resting or I've already felt uncomfortable all day because of my knee. Yeah. yeah. So I think once I start to feel better, a little bit better physically, I will, you know, open my world up a little bit. But right now, like you said, like I'm a little bit more isolated than I would normally be. And people have, you know, reached out, if you ever need anything, let me know. And I'm like, thank you. But, you know, the best thing that most people can do for me right now is just kind of to let me be. And then once I feel a little bit better, then I can kind of get more out into yeah. the, into society again. For sure. It is. It's just a funny, like, in-between where you're like, these are. there's a lot of, emo- you know, we talk about these emotions that come up and how you deal with them. Sometimes you want to isolate and be like, okay, I can't even, I have to just go and cry by myself. And sometimes you need Mm -hmm. someone to sit there with you while you cry and like not fix your problems because they can't fix it, but just to sit there and be like, I, I, I'm here. (laughs) I'm just here. Yeah. Yeah. I want it's days that I hurt. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you. I was just saying that the first couple days that I hurt myself, um, I cried a lot and luckily my best friend Charlotte, she didn't mind. Um, and I just really, I just, I was so sad. I was so sad that this had happened and then I was angry and uh, you go through like you said, all the waves of emotions and there's only a few people that you really feel comfortable doing that around. if not primarily by yourself. Um, yeah. And then my parents too, who have been there with me through everything. Um yeah. I mean, Joe, that this happened when you were back at home in in your home area, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, it's just to have that support locally and by not only your family, but now just you've kind of grown a little bit more roots. And I mean, you're from that area, but just with the club as well, it's, it's, yeah, it's very interesting, the timing of, of your particular journey and. I think yeah, it's only going to, it's really only going to help you really get, get better and heal. I think one of the things people always ask is like the, you know, what should we be doing the, the first week out of surgery? And I give them as much, uh, you know, what I think is helpful. And, but what have you been doing in the last week to maybe get your mind off of the game or, um, of training? Have you been sleeping? Have you been like binge watching Netflix or <laughs> reading? Like what, what's your, what's your go-to this last week? Yeah, I've, um, I'm not a Netflix watcher. I don't watch much television. So I didn't want to start doing that. I've been sent a lot of books. So I've yeah. read, and right now okay. I'm reading a book called Broken Open. Okay. I don't know specifically the author, but it's about using, you know, hardship and challenges and finding beauty and meaning in that process. So it's a perfect book for me right now. Sounds awesome. And I, you know, I'm very determined on doing exercises, any exercises that would benefit my knee. So mm-hmm. range of motion, you know, strengthening the quad. And, you know, I, I still like to be active. So I'll just sit on the floor and I'll like lift some weights and do push-ups and mm-hmm. 
uh, you know, I, I still need to feel like I'm an active human being. I'm not good at just sitting on the couch. Yeah. And then um, I will also do a ton of icing, and I will get a lot of sleep. So I'm usually in bed by 9, and I'll wake up at, like, 10 in the morning. Yeah. Um, and honestly, time goes by fast, and I, I don't ever really get bored because there's always something, and everything takes, you know, an hour longer than it should. <laughs> so... Um, I, I'm always staying busy and, um, you know, I would, I would recommend, I don't know if this would help everyone, but like try to be as normal as you can, you know, and don't completely alter your life. Um, because then, then it feels really weird. Like try to do as much as you normally would and, um, you know, tone it down a bit clearly and, um, don't, you know, put yourself over in terms of your social schedule. But, you know, I went out to lunch in Bethesda and, my family came over and we, you know, had did some arts and crafts and played games and that kind of thing. So I still want to feel like a normal human being. I just have to do about one fifth of what I normally would do. Yeah. What was your arts and crafts that you did? Oh well, my nieces and nephews came over and we played Uno. Oh, um, that was so really fun. fun. And then I did some. A lot of the fans are great to me, so they'll send me um, a bunch of things to do in my free time. So I painted a uh, stegosaurus a dinosaur and i actually gave it to my assistant coach denise ready and it's on her desk now so weird so anything weird that i get to do i always yes perfect hey <laughs> the weirdness is what makes life interesting and i i like that i like that <laughs> i totally agree um those the, some good tips there i think too just like try to be as normal as possible and i think people underestimate and i we spoke a little bit right after your surgery and one of the big things i told you was rest 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 let your body get as much sleep as it can because i mean it yes it's a routine surgery that doctors do all the time but at the same time, like it is an invasive surgery and your bones are getting drilled into and your body is at this like, I have to heal what's happening. And the best time for it to heal is when you're sleeping. So I always tell people like sleep as much as you can just sleep. Mm-hmm. How has that pillow worked? Oh, it's so great. I got here yesterday. Oh, good. Thank you so much for that recommendation. Yeah, I ordered the wedge pillow and that's really helped yeah sleeping and yeah I I totally agree with that for whatever reason you know I normally don't sleep this much but my body's just craving mm-hmm. sleep and I'll sleep 12 13 hours a night and I often do wake up back to the bathroom or I have to take the pain medication or mm-hmm. you know, my compression machine is beeping or something but <laughs> you know it seems like I can never get enough sleep so yeah. um my okay. body really needs it and when I met with my surgeon yesterday he said you know, every, everyone loves me because I do a good job. But he said, if you would know, like what I would have done, what I did to you, you wouldn't like me that much. I did some really bad things to your body, and he yeah. said that in a way of, you know, the the tools that they use and the way that they have to maneuver your leg. And like you said, it's a, it's a very tough surgery. So yeah. it's not pretty. Um, some people that time to heal. Yeah, some people tell me that they've like I, a good friend of mine, Caroline Lee was like, yep, I watched, I watched the surgery before I went in for it. And I was like, what Ugh. are you doing? Like, why yeah. would you do that to yourself? <laughs> it's just, just don't, I would recommend for no one to watch the surgery before they, they go in there. It's, there's a reason that you're um, knocked out for it. I would say. <laughs> yeah. I have no interest in seeing that. Yeah. Whatsoever. yeah. Um, well, good Joe. Like I, I hope that we can kind of talk and, 
maybe a couple times a month, once a month, and just kind of see your progress. Because like you said, there are so many people, and you know, I mentioned as well, there's so many people that are so inspired right now um, by the way that you're handling it. And I think just being honest and true about your feelings and the days like today when you do start to PT and people, I think, don't know that other people feel the same way, let alone a professional yeah. athlete, right? Like that she left there exhausted and um, maybe a little bit like not defeated, but feeling like, wow, I, gosh, there's so much to do and my leg yeah. doesn't feel like it's mine. Th- those feelings are you know, across the board that everybody feels that way. And I think sharing that and being real with that is very powerful. Yeah, so. I would love to do that. Okay, for cool. Sure. I would love to help anyone I can to whatever pain they're going through. Yeah, um, awesome. Process. So count me in. Sweet, Joe. And you're going to have to tell me how that book is. It sounds really interesting. For sure. I can send it to you when I'm done. This is, listen to this idea. I'm really, I'm kind of jazzed about it. I don't know how I'm going to make it happen, but... So if we have like a list of books on the website, you can sign up. Yeah. Like, um, say I just come to the ACL club. I could sign up to get the book that you just said broken open. And when you're really done fun. with it, when you're done with it, you would get an email from the ACL club saying like, Hey, Jordan Angeli is the next player person that wants broken open. And then you as a member of the ACL club, send it to the next person and in the beginning of the book like the front page of the book everybody from the club who's read it like writes their name in there and like whatever color because I I don't know about you but like I always write in my books and mark them up of the the things that I like so then we create Mm -hmm. this like book share program where you can open up a book like I could have a book and I see like oh my gosh Joanna Lohman read this like just she was the last person to read it and she just sent it to me like how cool is this and I can see what like stuck out to you and just kind of compare. Um, and, and I think get that's these... an awesome idea. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, I think that's a great idea. I got to figure out how to, you know, do it. But that's kind of my latest, like, how cool would this be if all of us, because there's so many good books and I actually have a lot of the books that I recommend to people probably because those are the ones that I've read or somebody else has told me to read it. Yeah. And, um, I'm like, I don't need them. Like I would love for somebody else to, to read right. them. And then instead of paying 20 bucks for a book, you're just paying four bucks to ship it to somebody else. could be pretty cool. Yeah. That's an awesome idea. Yeah. And help people pass the time in that week after surgery. <laughs> a couple of people who have sent me books, they're, they sent me their books and they have, like you talked about underlined, uh-huh. um, passages that they felt were powerful for them and words of wisdom and stuff like that. So it's even it means even more to me because then I get to see exactly like kind of what was in their brain. Yeah. And um, I'm definitely, I've already started underlining the books that I'm reading. So um, if All there's right. a way we can set this up, I'll be happy to send the book to you. And cool. All right. The process. Yeah. Well, I'll let you know when I, when I get to that, it's on my list of um, things to do, which is growing right now, but it's good. I, I'm, I'm in the right space. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to help people. So just knocking a awesome. little thing Thanks, off. Jordan. You're welcome. It's so great to talk to you and um, you'll get through this. We're so, you know, encouraged by you already and there will be ups and there will be downs. Even when you feel like you're on a, a steep incline, you know, you'll plateau, you'll yeah. go down. And I think just keeping the mindset that you've, you already have that it's a journey and it's a process and 
um, there can be things learned in both the highs and the lows is going to help you significantly through this. I can't wait. Yep. Me neither. Stay tuned. Day two starts tomorrow. Stay tuned. All right, Joe. Will you get some rest? All right. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks, Jordan. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye, Joe. Feeling all the feelings is so important in this process, and I think it's great when it comes from someone like Joe who is okay with those feelings and really honest with who she is and how those naturally come up. We talked about those first days and how you feel so excited to get started yet so defeated in moments, and that's pretty universal. I wouldn't say... It doesn't matter if you are uh, one of the strongest athletes in the world. You still feel those feelings of sadness or just it being really difficult to bend your knee or contract your muscle, something that seemed so second nature for so long. And now it is one of the hardest things that you can possibly think to do. I like Joe's honesty and her just being real with the situation I think you're going to be really inspired by following her through the process and seeing if we can relay some of the feelings and emotions and trials and triumphs that she's having and give it to you guys and inspire you guys through what she's going through so we thank Joanna and we're excited for her and her process And for all of you, I think one of the cool things about the ACL Club, about Show Your Scars, is when you go through an injury recovery, and even though the ACL is such a specific injury, I think other injuries can learn from it as well. That's why I share a lot of it on Show Your Scars, just the mental side, that during injury recovery, it's a lot about what you're saying to yourself, what you're thinking, Um, what people are saying to you, how they're making you remember that you are capable of getting through this and that you can do hard things and you can overcome challenges just like this in the injury recovery. So I'm excited to talk to Joe some more and I hope you guys really liked this. And if anybody has an idea about how we can get this Bookshare rolling, or they're good with that kind of tech stuff, hit me up, info at theaclclub.com or jordan at theaclclub.com, and let's get this rolling because I really do think that this could be a really cool idea and all of us could benefit from it. Lastly, if you have a minute, under a minute, really, it doesn't take that long, if you would be so kind and leave a review, that would mean a great deal to me that way we can help more people this isn't for me this is for you guys I want to help as many people as I can I think by getting more reviews we can share it to more people more people see see it that way and that's what it's all about helping each other through this process creating all all our own little injury recovery club here with show your scars proud of all of you keep working hard keep listening to your body Give somebody a high five or a smile or just a hug maybe. Make them feel good about themselves today because that will translate into how you feel. Be grateful for the life that you're given because you're given this challenge to overcome it and show others how you can do that. 
Go out there, share your strength, and show your scars with pride.